With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, and welcome to the FanFight Podcast. I am FanFight section head, LB Hunt-Tears, and I am joined, as always, by FanBite's freshly crowned editor-in-chief, Danielle Riendo. My crown feels so fresh. <laughs> it's, like, sparkly, has that new crown smell. Yeah, it's like the Animal Crossing uh, bunny crown. You know, it's very good. It's a, there's a lot of eggs on it. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about that bunny later today, aren't we? Yeah. That's later. Uh. <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about that bunny today, or we are going to talk about it later today, but we're not at this very moment, because at this very moment, <laughs> we're here to discuss all things punchy, kicky, and wrestling, which is Woo! to say pro wrestling and MMA. It's like you could call it a Venn diagram, or you could call it a muscular Venn diagram, <laughs> aka the handshake meme from Predator. Me. <laughs> Hug tears on one side with all the pro wrestling fans, with our face paint and our fringe and our spray tans, and Danielle with MMA shoot fighty people on the other side in their goofy spots and incredibly practical hairstyles. <laughs> Last week, we talked about the rules of MMA, how those came to be in a very fun episode. I had a really fun. good time. I loved it. Jaime is like the best person in the world. So it was, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I am like still thinking about some of those rules, especially how I would not do well if I could not escape without being in trouble for leaving. <laughs> sure. I'm big on like leaving. I'm yeah. big on bailing on something and I don't like to be punished. Exits, you know, like I just like don't want to get in trouble for n- leaving a thing. But anyways, we are talking about pro wrestling rules today. And there's a lot of them. Are we going to yeah. cover all of them? Probably not. But to do that, I decided we needed like somebody who actually knows pro wrestling really well. So to that end, we are joined by FanFight's resident actual wrestling expert, Colette Arand. Hey, Hi. Colette. Hi. <laughs> Sorry for that very long intro. Oh, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's weird for me to be introduced as an expert. But, but yeah, I guess, I guess I know a lot about the rules of pro wrestling. Excellent. You do. I'm very I excited because I want to know how it works and is put together, and I'm I'm just ready for the knowledge. All right. Well, I think that we we picked pretty good subject matter for that, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I have no idea really how much you do and don't know about wrestling, so I'm looking forward to this. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I've watched. Uh, this is what our seventh episode, so I've watched like seven. Uh, pro, well, pro, more than that, like throughout life, but like, you know, with any kind of concentration or, you know, ability to, you know, sit there and actually think about what's going on. So not much, I don't think, but I guess I know a few things from living life and being around MMA people. A lot of a lot of MMA people do like pro wrestling. So there's yeah, some of that. that yeah. makes sense. I like my my most of my experience with MMA is like the mid to like late 90s, like human cockfighting era of UFC. Oh. 
Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is truly incredible stuff. It's the best. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Amazing to see how far it's come. Yeah, wild, truly wild. I want to go back to no rules. That's what I'm into. No holds barred. Yeah. The way it's meant to be. Like in that Hulk Hogan movie, No Holds Barred. <laughs> the way it's all meant to be. <laughs> nothing the way, nothing is meant to be like Hulk, the Hulk Hogan movie, No Holds Barred. There you go. <laughs> uh, I actually, the Hulk Hogan's movie career is how I got to know him and how I learned to like hate Hulk Hogan as a sure, little child sure. baby. I had to wait until there he was turned like, heel. What? That I learned I learned to hate Hulk Hogan when he turned heel, which is well, really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I had a like best friend when I was little, when I was really little, and I would like sleep over, and he had a Hulk Hogan life size cutout in his room. And I just remember like not being able to sleep and looking up at it and in the dark. <laughs> this like shadowy orange man just like screaming at me yeah how intense were his eyes oh it was awful it was so frightening and the whole house always smelled like cat pee so like it was just such a viscerally unpleasant experience and like so whenever i see hulk hogan i just like smell cat pee and feel small and afraid oh no which oh ho, ho, look who was right all along. I, I think yeah, your your young child self like picked up on something for real. Like it was there. <sighs> Awful. No. Awful. But we are not talking about Hulk Hogan because we decided to watch something really good. Yeah. To learn about rules. Yeah. Which was Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle's two out of three falls match from a SmackDown in 2004, which Colette picked out. Thank you, Colette, for picking this out. It no problem. was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, this I was, was actually super, super fun. Super stoked on it. Um, this isn't from like an era of wrestling that I am super familiar with because I kind of dropped off after um, Kane was accused of sleeping with a corpse. That was too much for me, so I stopped watching <laughs> wrestling for a few years. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. So like, this was like a totally new match to me, even though it's like two of my favorite wrestlers. Um, Little dorky me in 2001 had a Kurt Angle shirt for sure. Um, so, yeah, I love I love Kurt Angle. Eddie Guerrero is the greatest of all time. And uh, I'm glad that both of y'all enjoyed this. Yeah, it, it as, you know, as an outsider, as somebody who doesn't know as much about it, it looked like a grappling match more than anything else that we've watched so far. You know, again, out of the like seven things that we've watched, it was like, oh, this is this looks a lot like a grappling match, like the sport that I do. Like, yeah, it starts on the feet. We're trying to throw each other down. We're trying to submit each other. Like, obviously, it's it's more theatrical and, and kind of showy. And there's a lot of really fun stuff going on. And the common the commentary is like truly next level mm-hmm. uh because it feels like a sort of extra you know uh like over the top comedy version of like just normal sports commentary of like oh oh this is happening oh he's an athlete like it's just the way they're like commentating on things they sound like 80s celtics like commentators on like a little bit of extra drugs which is very very good so yeah this was so fun to watch do you um do you know anything about like kurt angle uh, only the sort of uh, background that LB gave me okay. uh, before the show, which kind of uh, it more explained like their rivalry okay. and, the, and the sort of idea of like 
uh, you know, he was supposed to be kind of a, a heel, right? But like, yeah. oh no, wait, that's, uh, am I thinking of the right one? No, you're yeah. thinking of the right one for sure. Okay, 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 definitely cool. the heel here. Right, right, right. Like he was a, an actual like Greco-Roman wrestler, like an Olympic medalist yeah. and, uh, and like a whole ass like persona was around that, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool and, and really interesting to see. Yeah, the his his move was initially called the Olympic Slam, and the Olympics were like, no, 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 we were not going to allow that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, he won the gold medal in uh, freestyle wrestling in like 1996, and was like kind of this super hot prospect. Picked up wrestling so fast, like I think his debut was in 1999. So this is five years into his career. Um, oh shit! Yeah, and I like I think I have that timeline right. I might be a year off. No, he had a match at WrestleMania 2000. So yeah, 1999 would have been his debut, and he's already like this good. Like the only people, the only person that I've ever seen pick up wrestling like that quick is like Brock Lesnar. Um, sure, sure. Similar background. Yeah. yeah. Damn, I didn't realize. I mean, I guess that makes sense time wise. I wasn't paying attention to any of this at the time. So, like, in 2004, I was, like, trying to see how many Radiohead concerts I could go to in one year. <laughs> <laughs> I had to check out the Hail to the Thief era. Listen, I loved that album. <laughs> I mean, it was good. But, yeah. Uh, and I wasn't, like, watching the Olympics in the 90s. Yeah. I was being, I don't know, a little dumb kid. Oh, yeah. No, I was watching, like, World's Strongest Man competitions. Those were my Olympics. <gasps> Oh, That's smart. Amazing. That's woke. Yeah. Magnus for Magnuson. Wait, what? Wait. That's, that's the name of <laughs> my on. favorite strong man. <laughs> is he at the Icelandic one? Yeah, he is. And when I went to Iceland, I uh, I went to his gym, which is I, like, I forget what it's called in Icelandic, but it translates to Nest of Giants, which is the coolest name for anything. Uh, oh God, is he the is he like a poet also? Oh, I don't know. Okay, because my friend also went to Iceland and went to some strongmans. Wait, your friend, too. Rika Aoki went to Iceland. Oh, I didn't know you knew Rika. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were she, there together. Oh, that, you were on that. Okay, so she told me all about that trip after she came back and said that, like, she went to some strongman's gym and, like, he was really into poetry and they, like, she, like, had never felt so honored to be a poet as she oh was God. in this, like, strongman's gym. She must have gone at a different time than I did, but that's amazing. Was this like two years ago? Oh yeah, God, it was. But we were that trip. Long. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> that fucking owns. Yeah, no, so I'm pretty sure that's the same guy, and he like loves poetry. Uh, that's beautiful. Now he's my favorite ever. Yeah, yeah Icelandic right? people love poetry, which makes sense, because that's like their whole thing. <laughs> he looks really happy too in the pictures I'm looking at. Oh, wait, at, I gotta look at yeah. He just looks like a happy, happy person. You know? And he's like still super built. Yeah. And he can pull a semi truck. That's truly incredible. Like, that's so impressive. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. My, my childhood in the 90s was World's Strongest Man, NASCAR, Monster Jam, Roller Derby, and Pro Wrestling. What's oh, Monster wow. Jam? Monster Jam is just Monster Trucks. That's the official name of the league. Monster oh, Jam. Yeah. That's a really good name. Right? Yeah. If I had a Monster Truck League, I would not think to call it Monster Jam because I'm bad at naming things. But <laughs> if I was I good at naming things, I would I call it Monster Jam. I you're good at naming things. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. But you, you have such great headlines. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> I'm serious. 
Oh, wow. Thank you. I do not think of myself as being good at naming things like, yeah. Uh, Boomer blood, by the way, Colette, uh, it was a no. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a no on Boomer blood. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Okay, so Colette and I are starting... Uh, Hey, cool announcement, every yeah. fanfight listeners. Uh, Colette and I are also are starting a second fanfight podcast where we watch old wrestling and we're trying to think of a oh name for it. Yeah, but it's not oh called Boomer Blood. Boomer Blood? Boomer Blood was one of the- <laughs> uh, What about like over the ring, like over the hill? Like, I don't know. Look, look, I, you know, I haven't really had enough coffee yet today. Yeah. And uh, that's a problem, but that's. Hey, I'm excited about that podcast. Oh, that I'm super excited cool. about it, too. Yeah. yeah. Now we got to think about a name. We do. But maybe somebody, like, I, I'm sneakily put this in here. I, like, accidentally on purpose, so somebody else will just pitch us a name that'll be good. <laughs> and I'll yeah. use that. And I'll be like, thanks. Yeah. For doing my job for me. Boomer Blood might have, uh, might have gotten a lot of, like, leftist podcast people into our thing. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> maybe, yeah. But... I don't know if we, we could have gotten, like, yelled at. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't, like, my main goal in life is to not get yelled at. Attitude era? Like an ear? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Got we should the, call it Dead Wrestler Heaven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Coin Heaven and Mario? Did you? Okay, I'm sorry for this tiny aside, but I promise it's tiny. When you were, like... If if y'all were like small children who played like Super Mario Brothers three uh, as I was, we used to call like when you go up a pipe and there's like a coins in the clouds. We used to call that coin heaven, and I don't know if we were just very Catholic or that was something that people actually called it. Uh, I was bad at Mario. I have no recollection of this level. I know this level. I was not little uh, when I watched people play it. I was like in high school. It was like two thousand four. Sure. Uh, between Radiohead concerts, like very high <laughs> on the worst weed, because it was like the you know the worst like weed that is so bad. You like it was embarrassing that someone was selling it in LA. Yeah, yeah. Um, watching my friends play Mario, and we did not call it Coin Heaven. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, it's good to have that debunked. You know, it really. But is. I mean, like it maybe good. if we'd been littler, we would have. But we were. You were basically grown at that point. Yeah, I was yeah. basically yeah. an adult at 14 <laughs> with my I mean, dirt like, weed. You most of the way there. You know, like, like, you know, 14 compared to two, you're most of the way there. Yeah, for sure. Yes, that's right. true. Yeah, I was real dumb, though. Oh, I mean, it's I fine. think most 14-year-olds, sorry if this is all the 14-year-olds who are listening to this, clearly, but... You got some you got some growing to do, mostly in your brain, because your body is like most of the way there a lot of the time. But like your brain has a lot of of doing things before you're like fully there. It's got a lot to go. You know, got a lot to go. Nothing was more exciting to me when I was 14 than like Chipotle, the existence of Chipotle. (laughs) And uh, like, I don't know, talking to like really mean people on SoulSeek. Did you ever use that? Yeah, I love Soul Seek. Oh my god. That's how I got really into a Tello Disco. Um I'm I'm glad uh that we're we're diving into this. I mean at 14, the most exciting thing for me was Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, <laughs> uh, listening to the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack uh, on repeat every day that I got home from school. And, and oh, and playing Goldeneye, playing Goldeneye as well on my Nintendo 64. Those were the things that were I, that 14 year old Danielle thought were real fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, those are pretty cool. Yeah. yeah All of those know? hold, I mean, more or less hold up, right? Yeah, most of them. I it. mean, yeah. It, it, you know, maybe my enthusiasm and obsession for it perhaps wasn't warranted, but at least I guess I have to say, I think I was pretty lucky in that I liked things at a young and very dorky and tender age that I would go on to still think we're okay. Uh, which, you know, I, I think not everybody's that lucky, uh, but I think I kind of lucked out in that a little bit. Oh, yeah. It was really weird for me when people started liking wrestling. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. I oh, yeah. Everyone hated it. <laughs> like after like 1999, everyone hated it. And there I was like still going to shows like a real, real dork. Couldn't talk to anybody <laughs> about it. And now everyone's like, I have opinions on every match. Like, oh, where'd you come from? I guess Sorry. I didn't realize that. I guess I didn't realize, like, when uh, things kind of... Because obviously I was aware of, like, the Attitude Era. Like, I, you know, my my when I was 14, I had a boyfriend who was obsessed with, you know, with wrestling. And mm -hmm. I thought that was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, you like these, this uh, rock man and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's cool. Uh, the rock is kind of hot. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but, like, <laughs> and then I, I guess I just didn't know anybody who's super into it in between. But I didn't realize that also sort of uh, fit with, like, popularity or larger trends as well. Yeah. I think, like, the only people who feel more, like, alienated about their thing being popular now is, like, Star Wars fans. Like, that's about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. I mean, wrestling to me for a really long time was like the thing that people who bullied me liked. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, okay. yeah. That makes sense. I think that it, it, it depends on locale. Detroit kind of yeah. died off, so. That's uh, fair. Okay. Okay. <sighs> but... Sorry, I let, I'm like doing, I'm like really, really failing in my hosting duties here. You're doing a great job, <laughs> yeah. Elby. I'm supposed, we're supposed to be talking about. about the rules. And I, I don't believe in rules. That's true. There's no rules in podcasting. There's no, ain't no rules in podcasting, as Tom Hanks said in that movie. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch A League of Their Own? It's great. It's a good that, movie. That was, there's no crying in baseball. I know. I was. I, I was uh, sorry. Uh, Undercaffeinated again. Undercaffeinated. Under Is there crying in podcasting? Yes. Yes. For the producer. Okay. <laughs> oh. Sometimes there is. That's true, actually. Uh, yeah. Like if, if like an audio file gets like mangled to death, and or something, it that's the time where you you might cry a tear or two. It might I've happen. Done that actually. Yeah. Yep. Shit. There is yeah. crying. Yeah. Well, do we want to get back and talk about more about this match that we yes. watched? Okay. Yeah, we should totally start talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I actually also say real quick that if yeah. like anyone knows about fitness, if you could tell me how to get that like Kurt Angle 2004 ass. <laughs> so I many squats and lunges. So That's many, what like, it is? Hundreds. Thousands. <laughs> Like I have never, right? I have never yeah. seen a butt that looks like that outside of pornography. It's yeah, truly no, it's, impressive. Uh, you can get those in MMA uh, for sure. Uh, you can get them in like 
fitness. There are people who are fitness models in this world, which is a wild I know. thing. Uh, oh, but yeah. There's a big crossover so between fitness think. modeling and wrestling. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah, I'm for a long time. I'm sitting here with my mind blown because that super does make sense. Yeah. 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 yeah they like cool. a lot of wrestling places scout fitness models. Yeah. And I'm going like, to say a lot of wrestling places. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, that used to be like kind of famously where WWE pulled a lot of their women's wrestlers was kind of the sure. world of fitness modeling. That's the look I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, specifically like that very like super toned and muscular, but also like fairly traditionally feminine looking as well. Kind right. of at the same time. Like no definitely idea that how kind to move. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Listen, this is a Dana Brooke respect zone. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> she can do a cartwheel. It's re- it's really good. It is really good. She's wrestling she at WrestleMania. No, she's not. I thought she was in the six way. No, she's uh, in quarantine. Damn. Yeah, she and Rey Mysterio are both in quarantine. The WrestleMania dream. The girlhood dream is over. I mean, if you're going to wrestle in WrestleMania, Dana Brooke can do. Hasn't she not? Has she not wrestled in WrestleMania yet? I don't think so. Like maybe the the women's battle royale. Yeah, I think probably. Well, no car wheels. Oh, sorry. Has anybody it's ever? Okay. Sorry to even go further down this, but has anybody ever done like a cartwheel based like, oh, a cartwheel with like a double kick? Or, oh, like, like some literally sort of dozens very... of people. Yeah, like a okay, cartwheel gotcha. into, or is it a handspring into a back elbow? It's it's a oh. handspring into a back elbow usually, or like into a drop kick. Um, Didn't Snooki do a handspring into a back elbow at yeah. WrestleMania? Yeah, oh, I think shit. that move was popularized by China, also the Great Muda. Yes. Two legends. <laughs> oh my god, what a, like a trio. <laughs> Snooky the great Muda, China, and Snooky. <laughs> That's like my like oh can you imagine them in King of Trios? <laughs> wow. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like taking a moment. For yeah. this in my head. The height difference between China and Snooki also is incredible. <laughs> How I tall was, is China? She was like was she six feet? She was close. She like was maybe like 5'11, like 5'10. Oh wow. But also yeah. like super five, built. It says 5'10 here and yeah, bodybuilder and Yeah. Wow. Oh my god, wait. Oh my god, I oh I'm so sorry. I didn't realize she was she was gone. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. That's oh, going to no. happen a lot. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. Danielle, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I had no idea. No, she's. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, it was not a good one. Not a good I'm time. So sorry. And. Uh, oh, this is. Yeah, no, that that happens a lot with wrestling. That's right. Oh, no. Eddie Guerrero. She made a sex tape released commercially in 2004 as One Night in China. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> with uh wasn't that with that's with x-pac x-pac yeah john waltman yep yep also a pro wrestler. wrestler oh my god i'm learning so much everyone i just went from such a low to such a high okay i'm gonna stop derailing this podcast yeah the, the like looking into the china stuff is like a that's like a day yeah that you need to take and it's like not a good time in the world for that i understand like you need like a better like general ambiance to bounce back to. 
Yeah. Once you've done all your like China reading and had your cries and gone into YouTube and watched the like Eddie China tribute videos and because yeah, yeah. Eddie Guerrero is also tragically dead. For sure. Oh no! Really? Oh no! Oh no! We didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, he died in 2005, so we're we're looking at like last couple months of his life and career. Oh, holy shit! Really? Yeah, I think he yeah. had like another 12 months after this. So. Oh my god. But he starts to fall apart pretty hard towards like June of 2006 or 2005. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough, but it's really sad. Uh, so, you do have so uh, you do have the greatest stipulation match of all time ahead of you, <laughs> if you are yeah? uh, so inclined. Yeah, uh, like at SummerSlam of uh, two thousand five, he. Sorry about that. Uh, he wrestled oh, okay. Rey Mysterio for uh, custody of Rey Mysterio's child in a ladder match. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, and it, its official name was the Custody of Dominic ladder match, which is one of the best things that's ever happened. Oh my god! See, it's stuff like that, and like Eddie in general, but things like this, I would have actually probably gotten into wrestling if I'd seen this at the time. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, lots of rules. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you know what a wow. ladder match is, Danielle? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to assume it involves a physical ladder of, in some fashion. Usually like uh, <laughs> 10 or so. Okay, okay. Uh, it, yes, I, I could definitely hear more of an explanation, though. Uh, so we've got 10 ladders. Yeah, and, uh, at least. What do they do with? Do they just hit each other with them? There's that, and then like okay. whatever they're fighting over, they hang from the rafters of the building, and the match only ends when you pull the thing down. Usually, it's a title belt. Uh, sometimes it's custody of a child, uh, and <laughs> and at other times it's a briefcase that signifies that you can have a title shot. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Like, uh, I went to the SmackDown, the first SmackDown on Fox at Staples Center in October, and there was a ladder match there to, like, keep your job. What? (laughs) (laughs) So there was a briefcase hanging from the rafters that had, like, a contract to, like, continue to work there. Wow. That's the second time they've done that. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the second time they've done that, because The Rock and Mankind had one in, like, 1999. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's a lot. So the ladders like don't need to be weapons based on the stipulation itself, but like they will be weapons. Yeah. Because sometimes there's like a stipulation where, so a regular wrestling match, you can, you can only hit the person with yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So any part of yourself? Not any part. Not Um, any part? okay. Okay. It's like the the main thing is that you can't use closed fists. Um, oh, okay. okay. That is something that frequently gets lost in today's wrestling, but to the best of my knowledge, it has always been a rule. You're supposed to open the fist before you hit someone. It's just okay. polite. You, okay. Is that still the rule in WWE? Yeah, it's the rule everywhere. Because they do that all the time. I know. They do That's closed because fist everyone sucks. All the time. <laughs> Referees are terrible. <laughs> wow. Okay. But there's all these other, like, 
versions of matches mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you can use chairs. You can use the stuff. You can tables. use a ladder. Tables. There's... Do we want to like go over some of these things? Yeah. So like yeah. a no in like a no disqualification match. There are no disqualifications. It. There are no disqualifications. So you can like hit you can do a low blow. You can hit somebody with a chair. Mm-hmm. Your friend can come in and beat somebody up. Yeah. Okay. That's all okay. fine. And you can so break it, all the other. Is there any limit to how many people can be in the ring at, at one time? It depends on the kind of match. Um Oh man, there's like so typically like a singles match um to the like y'all haven't covered anything other than singles matches, right? No. Okay. So like in a singles match there's three people in the ring. There's the referee and the two wrestlers. Um but like either wrestler can have people at ringside like a manager or a valet. Um that also used to be something that had very specific quote-unquote rules like if you were a manager you had to have a manager's license. Um, and if you were at ringside and clearly weren't a manager, like if you brought like another wrestler to ringside, all the commentators would be like, that guy doesn't have a manager's license. This is terrible. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. But for the most part, it's it's two wrestlers and a referee if it's a singles match. Tag team okay. matches is, is a little bit more complicated to describe because it's still two wrestlers in the ring at the same time. Um, but you can tag in and out and then you have five seconds to do something. Um, which there's a lot of five second rules in wrestling, um, and like singles matches and stuff like that. Like when, um, LB was talking about, um, no disqualification matches, like one of the things that you can do is like, there's a lot of different rules around the ring, um, where like you can't have somebody tied up in the ropes. Like you have until five to break that. And that's true of a submission. Um, and that's true of like just backing somebody into the ropes. So if you back somebody into the ropes or if you put them in like a, a ankle lock or something like that and they grab the ropes in a no disqualification match, doesn't matter. Like you can have that on for as long as you want. But in a regular match, you have five seconds to break or else you'll get okay. disqualified. Um, okay. Like that, that kind of thing. If you fall out of the ring, you usually have 10 seconds to get back in, depending on the country. In the United States and Canada, it's 10 uh, in Mexico and Japan, it's usually 20. Oh. Um, which I don't know why why there's a difference, um, particularly when both Japanese and Mexican referees count super slow. <laughs> um, it's pretty <laughs> so they great. they really have a lot more time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> PWG the, is a 20 count for some reason. Yeah, PWG, yeah. Th- I Probably because they're dorks. Yeah, they're dorks, for sure. <laughs> Chikara is a 20 Good. count, too. But that's because they're yeah, dorks. Lucha Libre dorks. influenced dorks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, and then like everything else that you can think of, like low blows are illegal. Um, I, I was talking to LB about this last night, but there's other rules that are like more esoteric and have gotten been gotten rid of. Like in the nineties, there was a promotion, uh, called world championship wrestling that had a rule that like some old man put in place where like, it was illegal to throw people over the top rope. Um, okay. And that like that was an automatic disqualification and it ended matches like all the time Um, until like the 90s when they were like, oh, shit, this makes us look like grandpa wrestling. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) like it still took them a while. Like I was watching something in like 1997, like when I was uh, researching Lex Luger matches and people were still getting disqualified for getting thrown over the top rope until they like quietly did away with the rule. They just like forgot to say anything about it. Wow. (laughs) Um, Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, the weird idiosyncrasies of, of, of wrestling and 
like I think the reason why why I suggested this match is because like one of the best ways to learn the rules of wrestling is to see how they get bent and broken at certain sure. points. Yeah. And there's a lot of that here. It's pretty much the whole thing, right? It's oh, like, yeah. oh, the ref looked away. I've I've got him looking away. Like I've maneuvered myself to make him look away. So now I'm going to punch you in the groin. Yep. Like- <laughs> yeah. Is it illegal yeah. to snap somebody's uh, straps over their nipples? It's illegal to use them. somebody's gear against them. Like it's the same as pulling somebody's tights to oh, gain okay. leverage. Um like, which is also not against, which is also against the rules. Daniel. Yeah, you can't yeah. like if okay. you're pinning somebody, you can't hold their tights to like hold to keep them there. Which is why people do it all the time. Right, which is uh, so to, funny to, to, to a grappler because uh, <laughs> like in, in no gi you can't. Yeah, that's right. In no gi grappling, you cannot grab somebody's clothing. But in gi, that's the whole. That's the whole. Gi. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing is choking people with their own shirt. Like. <laughs> But that's cool. That's cool. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no. No, like, that's, I, this, is a, this is a conversation that that's why we're doing it. Yeah. Because you're a grappler who does grappling. And we yeah. wanna, I want to hear about the, like, real-timey stuff. Real I jokes. Mean, <laughs> usually the way that gear, like, like singlets and whatnot are used is, like, more as an offensive weapon. Like, Andre the Giant, when he was kind of getting old and immobile, used to, like, choke people with the strap of his singlet, which is... Oh, shit. Which is pretty all that right. Rules. Like, I like that. Nice. Um, yeah. That's but yeah, cool. I never, I never saw anybody snap the singlet like it was like the the backstrap of a bra until like I watched this match. It's <laughs> fucking genius. It's so good. Kurt Angle getting pissed off because of that was was like just rad. Like here's this world respected Olympic wrestler like just getting fucked with by <laughs> by somebody. Super good. It rolls. Uh, what about like I have okay? To, I when- have to say- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, can you just like bear somebody's ass? Is that legal or illegal in Uh, in pro wrestling? I mean, humiliating somebody via nudity because you're pulling the tights. It's illegal. But like, okay, yeah, it happens all the time in like Ric Flair matches. So that dude loved getting his ass out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Daniel, sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. This is I mean, it's somewhat related, but uh, one of the announcers is definitely talking about how it hurts the areola, which is very, <laughs> very fucking funny to me. I totally missed that. I, I missed it, too. at that. <laughs> Who's on commentary so in this? It's Taz and Michael Cole. OK, I thought that was Taz. Yeah, I, could, I recognize the dulcet tones. I anywhere. think both of them are really good together. Yeah, they're great together. I hope it, I want to watch it again so because I really hope it was Taz talking about the areola because I want to hear Taz say areola. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> was it the guy with a thick New York accent? Oh God, I'm not even I sure. So. I just like um, I, so. I just heard the word areola. I and hope Taz up said areola because I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's like areola, what's up? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a few weeks ago, Excalibur said like perineum and Taz like reacted very strongly. To <laughs> good. <laughs> Extremely good. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But like a big part of wrestling and rules in wrestling is like, there's no, like, I feel like, okay, every once in a while there will be like, someone will look at the tape in the back and like reverse a decision. But usually people can just break the rules as long as the referee isn't looking and it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, if the referee can't see it, it didn't happen. Exactly. And the referee is in on, like, 
who is supposed to win and who is supposed or are they not? Oh, everyone oh, in real on life. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if okay, you noticed, okay. but like WWE referees, and this has been true for a very long time, usually have like an earpiece where they're getting directions from the back. Yeah. Okay. So like that's how they keep timing so that like they can have a match that like ends and you know is timed for commercial breaks and stuff like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I had assumed, but I uh, and then I realized maybe I shouldn't assume things. So. No, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, referees are like a huge part of a wrestling, like in terms of like the actual putting on a wrestling match. Referees yeah. are like a pr- can are a pretty big part of it. Yeah, nice. it seems nice. like. But it's different it's from a, place it's to the place. kind of job that goes to yeah. like a, a wrestler who can't really do a lot of the action anymore, but they still want to be sort of involved. Or am I getting that just from Glow? <laughs> Wait, what was that? Uh, just out of curiosity, because I, I love Glow. I like that show a lot. Oh, and, yeah. And maybe I'm making this connection because of that show, because that was like a big plot line in one of the seasons of that show. But like our refs, usually pro wrestlers who are getting a little older or can't move kind of the same way and, and want to still do it. Not necessarily. No. Like okay, it, gotcha. it used to be that like some referees would have been people who had like experience as wrestlers and like maybe would have been like opening match, like preliminary guys who lost oh, okay. a lot. Um, but for the most part, like in wrestling training, like, uh, there's, there's like, I think pretty much like three branches of wrestling training at most places. They do the same stuff, but like there's, you train to be a wrestler, you train to be a referee or you train to be like a manager or something like that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because it's three different skills. It's a pretty different discipline. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, and, and different types of performances a lot of the time too, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I mean, sometimes you have, like, you'll have, like, a guest referee who's, a like, an active wrestler or, like, a not active wrestler, like, yeah. coming back to do, like, a little thing. And they'll wear, like, a crop top, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, an over-the-hill wrestler will, like, occasionally do, like, a guest referee thing as, like, part of a storyline yeah. or, like, a okay. like a special feature. Like, oh, this person's super famous and they're not, they can't wrestle a match, but they'll be in there. Yeah. Or, the, like... A lot of them become like managers that's become like a bigger and bigger thing, particularly like an AEW. Um, And a lot of times like really, really respected old wrestlers will become like backstage like agents where they help produce matches and and, like interviews and stuff like that. So that's rad. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um. So yeah, like I, uh, <laughs> the first fall is almost entirely like cheating, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is the best. <laughs> um, like the the whole thing. Like I, I think maybe this was explained to you a little bit, but um, like Eddie Guerrero's whole deal at this time uh, is that like he's he's the expert at using like tiny advantages to to like confound his opponents. Um, and like the, the first fall is like a really kind of good example of, of what LB was talking about, how the referee can't call what he can't see. Cause they're like maneuvering the referee around, uh, to like cheat essentially. Um, <laughs> which yeah. like leads to the climactic point where Eddie's so pissed off that he actually does low blow Kurt, like right in front of the ref. <laughs> yeah. It's a great moment. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I also love how, like, they come back from commercial break and, like, Kurt Angle's totally in control, but his dick hurts. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's really smart. The whole match is really smart, yeah. I feel like. And I don't know. I, like, I hadn't I hadn't seen a bunch of Eddie, like, face Eddie mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And, like, just seeing how much the crowd is, like, behind him, like, was lovely. 
Yeah. I like, I, I do like, I really enjoy seeing a, like a baby face where everyone is behind him. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's like it, that's I guess what it's supposed to be when you're the good guy. So good. Like, do good guys ever fight good guys? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it's just, there's not, it's not, as, it's often not as exciting. Yeah. There's like oh, a okay. huge theory about that. Like, um, fans like regardless of whatever you do like fans tend to pick sides like the famous examples of that are like there was a submission match between bret hart and steve austin at like wrestlemania 13 um and steve austin was supposed to be the heel but the fans chose steve austin as the face and bret hart as the heel so Uh. like that happened sometime it happened to the rock at wrestlemania 19 when he wrestled hulk hogan too um But for the most part, like uh, one example of like a face versus face match where they like really kind of pulled it off was um, Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan at like WrestleMania six. Both dudes left like pretty much universally beloved still. Um, So, yeah, um, it happens sometimes. Uh, It is very, very rarely pulled off. Well, I feel like you can do it in like a tournament setting. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's like like, that's where I've seen it the most. It's where it's just like a round robin tournament where everybody has to wrestle each other. Yeah. As opposed so, to like a booked feud. Yeah. Um, so they have like, I mean, um, I, most of my tournament watching experience has been like new Japan and like the G one, they have, it's a big round robin tournament where literally like they break up the singles roster, the singles heavyweights into two blocks and everybody in one block wrestles each other and everybody in the other block wrestle each other. And so you have people who are like in the same factions wrestling each other who are usually friends or like who are teammates. And there's ways of doing that that are that that's fun and can really work. Nice. But not for like a for like a long feud or like a big pay-per-view match. I feel like it's difficult mm-hmm. to do well. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cause no problem. Cause I mean, I don't know. For me, one of the reasons I got into wrestling is that it's fun to boo somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's this like, uh, like smart mark, smart mark wrestling fans are kind of notorious for doing these chants, and one of them is the both these guys chant. Oh. Um, which I hate. Yeah. I hate the both these guys chant. Um, which is where you're at a show, and where the wrestling match is so good. That you forego cheering for one person to just like celebrate both the people by chanting both these guys, both these guys, like yeah. mid match while they're both doing it. It's so nice. awful. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Oh, I would like man. I love to boo. Like if I think a heel's doing a really, really good job, I will boo my heart out at that heel. Yeah, because nice. that is how you show them that you love them. And then when it's over. And if they're still there, then maybe you can cheer for them or like, <laughs> but no, okay. but, but really probably just boo. Be on the safe side. <laughs> I don't like I it like when that. a heel like breaks heel character. Like when Trevor Lee left PWG, he actually like for the only t- like the first time I'd ever seen him not be a heel. He like got on the mic and talked about how grateful he was. And I was waiting for him to like, like, psych, you're all, I can tell you all worship Satan. Fuck all y'all. And he didn't do it. I was so mad. You should have started a, 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 you sold out chant. That would have gone over super well. Oh, I hate well. that chant too. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, no, people were very sad at that show. There was like a woman crying in the bathroom. <laughs> and now he's Cameron Grimes and wears a top hat on NXT. Yeah. But like, a, a country top hat with like hay in it or something. 
God. Uh. Boy. Wow. Heal versus heal can work, though. Yeah. Okay. That seems... Yeah, that seems good. Because, yeah, you're both bad. Yeah. You're both bad, and you can do bad things to each other, right? Yeah. And, I mean, even though, like, in this one, Eddie's the face, he's still doing bad stuff. Yeah. He's still cheating. But it's good, because you know? yeah. he's yeah. good, and he's fighting on the side of good. I don't know. And I he's love so that. smart That's my about ultimate it. favorite. He's so smart, and he's so good at it, and he's so cute. Like, and how so are you lovable. supposed to, like, not cheer cleverness? That's true. <laughs> he's wily and adorable. And I'm trying to think of, like, things to say about it that aren't just me talking about how I love him and he's hot. But I'm <laughs> really failing because I mean, I'm really good. bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's really charismatic in a lot of ways. Like, that's oh, what I'm ridiculously starting so. to understand is charisma as a physical performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's a huge part of wrestling. Yeah. That's it's like, you're honestly, just fun to watch, you know, kind of thing. Kurt, watching Kurt Angle get frustrated in general is a <laughs> delight. Yeah. He's he is, really he plays good. a great straight man. Like I would I would enjoy him in like a really ridiculous like in a fucking Marx Brothers movie getting <laughs> just like <laughs> tormented. I would yeah. enjoy that personally. Good. <laughs> I like that. Um you also gave me extra homework, which is extremely I did, good. yeah. Uh do we have anything else we wanted to say about this? Oh yeah. Oh, like we didn't we didn't really talk about like kind of the the like the second or third fall, but the second fall is like totally straight. I don't know if you wanted to talk about the third fall. Oh yeah, well the second fall is totally straight, but it's also like sneaky because it's like a quick roll up. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is like a quick roll up. It is straight up like is a straight ahead and fair way to pin somebody, Mm -hmm. but there's something because it's quick. It's like a. It's a surprise. It's a surprise oh, and it's okay. sneaky and it can be a heelish thing to do. Okay. But in right. kind of like a lovable, clever way. A lot of times when you see like kind of those like flash pins like that, it's because they're using like the their opponent's tights to do it. Um, but this was just a straight up like counter of, of yeah. Kurt's finishing move because the whole point of this is which one is the better wrestler. And if you okay. can counter their finishing move, like you can kind of yeah. make a claim as being better. Yeah. That's what countering and being better are both definitions of. Yeah. And like the third fall is like, we kind of talked a little bit about the idea of like somebody being ringside for you. Um, And this very weird man. (laughs) What's up with his like reverse mohawk? I don't know. Like the way his head is shaped is so strange to me. (laughs) Did he have like a head accident? I don't don't know. Then he couldn't grow hair in the middle? Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Or is he like, is it just like a really weird form of balding? I, yeah, I don't know. Um... Very, but, yeah, like seeing someone like that in like business clothes is hilarious, though. Yeah, <laughs> I guess if I'd seen him in like a more wrestling outfit, maybe like his weird hair would have been like wrestling hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. He's Kurt Angle's assistant? He's his like assistant. his personal assistant? Secretary. Luther, Luther Reigns. Secretary of chair. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, that's like the kind of thing where like in the, in the eighties and the nineties, like there would have been like a big deal made about this, this huge hulking dude being out there. Cause he doesn't, he clearly doesn't have a, a manager's license. He's, he's an assistant. They don't give those out to assistants. Um, but yeah, like he's, 
when you see someone like that at ringside, you know that he's going to be cheating on behalf of his of his charge. Good. The chair stuff in the third fall is like so good. Some of the best chair work I've ever seen. Yeah. Very very fun. And I've seen it's some good like... Eddie chair work. Oh yeah yeah. Sorry That's... Daniel. I'm... Oh no no no. I mean I was just gonna say it's very very fun in terms of like the setup and and the sort of expectations of where it's going and then where it goes is just very well done. Again, I don't have the vocabulary for everything, but it, it felt like a really good flow for the end. How did you like the part where Eddie pretended to get hit by a chair? It was very good. Like I liked that a lot. It was so like Bugs Bunny almost, like the way that he yeah. gets up to wave at Kurt from behind the referee. <laughs> that's actually good. a really good comparison. Yeah. That's... Of Eddie Guerrero and Bugs Bunny. That's like the appeal. Yeah, exactly. Like Bugs Bunny. And I mean that, Similar energy. Yeah. You know? I mean that in the most complimentary way. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. I love Bugs Bunny. He cheats to As win. Like, yeah, cheats to win. Like, queer icon Bugs Bunny. Yes. <laughs> Nothing but respect for Bugs. Yes. Congrats on your... I don't, have you been reading Mr. Boop? No. <laughs> I have seen it in our chat, and I haven't okay. read it yet, but uh, apparently it's this daily good. comic strip that this guy is doing about being married to Betty Boop, and at one point, like... He and Betty Boop have a three-way with Bugs Bunny. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I just read that this morning, so it's on the it. dome. Um, I think it's good. <laughs> but yeah, Bugs Bunny, nothing but respect. And the, like, I'd seen Eddie Guerrero do that, like, sh- pretending to get hit by a chair thing. Again, like, you, like, taking advantage of the, if the ref can't see it, he can't call it. But he can see the evidence of it and maybe, like, he's, because he's gotten people disqualified. He'd gotten oh, yeah, no, he's by using that trick. He's yeah. won like that, yeah. Yeah, which rules. Wow. It's pretty great. Um, wow. And then, like, Engel and Luther's counter to the chair thing is great. Yeah. Inside. I kind of love it. Yes, yes. And evil. Kurt springing but on the it's really ankle smart. lock. Oh, oh so yeah. good. Chair to the ankle. <laughs> it's great. Oh, I, I love mean, ankle locks. Unjust, but great. <laughs> Are you an ankle lock user? Yeah, because Vicky is like a specialist in it. So um, I've had to get much better at it much more quickly than I ever would have. Because I, I, I go for necks, really, honestly. Like, I'd rather have a choke than anything else. Um, just because it's like, there's a part of me that's like too nice to be in combat sports. Uh, so I'd much rather somebody pass out than genuinely break a limb or like tear an ACL and like not be able to walk for six months. But if I make somebody pass out from choking them, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like I'm being honest, like for real. Um, also, like, it's if- more dramatic and more fun. And uh, I don't know. Everybody don't loves know. I just like that better. Yeah. I, I just love a good choke. Um, People don't do like, ankle locks recreationally. No, no. I mean, there's such a great strategic tool, though, because if somebody is just sort of headhunting a little bit, I mean, that's more of a boxing term than a grappling term. But like if somebody is really just headhunting, like go for the ankle or go for the heel hook, like those are those will end that match real, real fast. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, people know to tap out, right? They usually do. Yeah, Uh, it's more a question of like. Do you trust your your training partner to not go too far with something? Do you trust them to not? The real problem is when somebody's inexperienced and they try to get out of something in a really forceful way and uh, they go the wrong direction. 
uh, I've had that happen with white belts where I've just like kind of even people way bigger than me. There's a, there's a guy who used to wrestle and he's like, you know, has at least 100 pounds on me. Um, and like I was just kind of holding him in place in a particular way. Like I wasn't even trying to mess with him too much because he was a white belt. And he went with all his strength in the wrong direction to try to get out. And it was I felt so bad. Yeah, that's. Uh, even though I did nothing wrong, I still felt real bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Sure. Fuck. Anyway, joints. Joints are a thing. Yeah. Well, Kurt Angle is a big ankle lock guy. He's huge on it. Yeah. I mean, they're great. They are a great move. Kurt Angle used to yell at people that they need to tap or snap, which is pretty sick. Oh, that's what we say all day yeah. long. Yeah. Like, all day long. We, <laughs> yep. Tap or snap. Or there's a something or sleep. I forget which one that one is. Submit or sleep? There's like a, it's something that rhymes with eep. <laughs> Neep or sleep? Me- Neep or sleep. Oh, it's tap or nap. <laughs> oh, there we go. Tap okay. or nap. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I feel it. Ta- snap, tap or nap. <laughs> Creep or sleep. Like, Neep or sleep. Neep or sleep. Like, you know, meep? like, that's your verbal tap is meep. meep. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine the fucking beaker submission wrestler <laughs> <laughs> and honeydew's his manager he's meep, all meep, meep. Meep. <laughs> and he and honeydew's cutting promos that are meep or sleep oh yes <laughs> well like well beaker kind of bobs in the background like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> so i really love this got really giddy about that all of a sudden no that's i'm a beautiful. big beaker fan um, uh, I mean, he's great. He's wonderful. I mean, they have. Why didn't they fucking do that when the Muppets went on WWE? Because they had to make Beaker canonically uh, Seamus's cousin. Oh, yeah. That was really cute, too. Actually. Yeah. Aw. That was really cute. I loved Maybe that. Maybe next time they can do Meep or Sleep. That'd yeah. Be so good. He'll, he'll Beaker. That said, <laughs> I hope they never bring back guest hosts. That'd be the worst. He'll Beaker and he'll Seamus. As a team, yeah, managed by Doctor Honeydew. So they should bring back the Muppets. The I end. have a related question. Yeah, uh, and I don't know who this was, and I think it was probably about a year ago. But there, there was something that I saw going around that there's a pro wrestler whose gimmick was like a, a truly insane like children's puppet show, and oh, yeah. it was like his his kind of gimmick. I don't know who that was or if he ever did anything much with it, but I definitely watched all of those and thought they were a delight. He won the WWE life. Championship. Yeah, oh. he's wrestling John Cena this weekend, or wrestled John Cena already Last this week, weekend. Yeah. Um, it's Bray and Wyatt. And they're taping it. Yeah, that's Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. Oh wow! Yeah, good for him. That was funny. And I liked it. <laughs> he has a big mallet. Wait, he hit yeah. when did he get a big it. mallet? Uh, for Hell in a Cell. Oh, I don't remember that. The Hell in a, he had a Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins, and uh, they turned off all the lights except for these red lights. So it was like everything was red. So it looks like hell. Oh, God. Yeah. And then he like hit Seth Rollins with a big mallet. Oh, is that the one where they DQ'd him? Uh, That's the one that everyone was really mad. Yeah. I was really mad because Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch wasn't the main event and this stupid mallet thing was. Because they disqualified Bray Wyatt for using a hammer in a no disqualification cage match. So (laughs) that's a really annoying thing that like in a no DQ match, I guess... Can a referee, since everything's referee's discretion, can they throw out a match? Uh, if, even I mean, in a no DQ match? 
they can't really disqualify you in a no DQ match, but like the way okay. that they could call it off is the like Seth Rollins is defenseless, therefore he loses. Okay. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah, it would have made a lot more sense, but you know, they had to do it the way they did it, I guess. Oh. Fucking rules. <laughs> that is Extremely one issue good. with rules, is that sometimes they ignore them. Oh yeah, they ignore them all the time. Yeah. Sense. Though there was there was an era like going back to the idea of like five counts like you're not supposed to have your opponent in the corner for more than five seconds, um, like and usually that's like you're punching or kicking them while they're in the corner, and like in the late two thousands, like WWE loved doing this finish where like the referee would actually disqualify you for not breaking up in the corner. Which made everybody so mad. And they would do it in like <laughs> intercontinental title matches. So it wasn't like the main event oh, or no. anything, but like it was like title matches where like someone's lost their cool and they're hitting you in the corner. And like, I think this was like post, like, I don't know. It was one of those things where uh, after Chris Benoit died, they started like making rules matter so that they could kind of pretend that they were paying attention right. to wrestler safety. They're like, we care about your safety. We're not yeah. going to work you so hard that but it was so bad like that's rough usually usually and this is like a terrible thing i hate it like it's my least favorite thing about referees is that like a lot of times when someone goes to five like instead of like dqing or like telling them to get off or whatever the referee will do something stupidly dramatic like kicking the the like if you're in the ropes or something uh they'll kick the heels like arms off the ropes and then like the heel will usually get in a pinning predicament as a result of it i I hate it um the referee's breaking the rules he's supposed to be the arbiter oh sucks i feel like if the referee breaks the rules it needs to be like a very special occasion yeah yeah, or just should never happen. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to go over some rule variations? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what's the difference between a no DQ match, a hardcore rules match, a lights out match, and an extreme rules match? Oh wow. <laughs> and a and a no holds bar match. What the, what's the difference between all those things? Um. All right. So there is actually a difference between some of those yes. things. Uh, okay. <laughs> the first one that you said was no disqualification. Yeah. Okay. So no disqualification just means no disqualifications. Like there's no count out, but you still have to have stuff be in the ring. Um, You can use weapons, blah, blah, blah. A hardcore match in WWE parlance means that falls can happen anywhere in the building and all weapons are legal. Um, So there's there's kind of that. Um, a lights out match, uh, which has kind of come back into vogue because of AEW, is where the matches, the quote unquote, unsanctioned by the promotion that's putting it on. So they'll turn the lights out and back on. And when the lights come back on, there's there's no rules and you can do whatever you want because the company oh, wow. isn't doing stuff. Um, and then an extreme rules match is essentially what WWE started calling hardcore matches when they decided that ECW was going to be a thing again. Um, and then they just kept calling it that for some reason. Um, like that's, that's what hardcore matches are now. Um, what was the last one? No holds barred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that just means no holds are barred. <laughs> like back, <laughs> back in the past, like that probably would have meant like, 
uh, you know, like chokeholds are cool or whatever, but now it's essentially just a weapons match. I think a lot of these things, like you could have also asked what a street fight is. Like it's, oh, it's yeah, I forgot about street fight. often like whatever sounds more dramatic at the time. Like when Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt had their follow up from the Hell in a Cell, it was match like false count anywhere match cannot end for any reason match (laughs) Um, which is the same as any of these other ones like i i don't understand why they did that like it did end though it did yeah it did end um but i think generally speaking those are the differences between those four or five matches okay nice this is also i also just had you on so i could learn what all these things are that i don't know (laughs) it's an Uh, educational podcast yeah it is yeah okay well, we should also explain what a cage match is, because a cage match in wrestling is different yeah. than uh, a cage fight in MMA. Right. Which is, like, it's like most of the MMAs. Um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, a steel cage match in wrestling is also a thing that has a ton of variants. Um, the most famous one, just because they're the ones who are, like, the dominant force and everything, is a, a WWE-style cage match where the ring is enclosed in a cage. Um, and you can win by one of three ways. You can win by pinfall, you can win by submission, or you can leave by exiting the cage. Narratively, that makes no sense uh, because usually it's the baby face that wins by walking away. Um, when really what you want as a fan is like the kind of closure that comes with watching, you know, a good guy beat a bad guy who can't escape anything. Um mm. But those are the. I feel th- like climbing out of the cage is more dramatic than leaving it via the door. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, usually, you don't see faces leave via the door. Like you usually see heels do that. Um, okay. okay. Like, and there's like a couple of really famous like cage match finishes. Um, unfortunately, most of them involve Hulk Hogan. But like, there was one where um, Hulk Hogan's a great cage match wrestler. Like, a credit where credits due, I guess. But um, there was one where like. Uh, I think he like superplexed like a 300 pound dude, uh, the big boss man off the top of the cage, which is like an extra like five feet from the top turnbuckle, um, which is like a really impressive spectacle. But um, like there's like they try to build drama around who's going to escape. Like there's one where he and Paul Orndorff are climbing down at the same time. And theoretically, they both touch the ground at the same time because that's how you win. That's how you escape the cage. Um, but like they had to do like video evidence as to who won what. And it was pretty interesting. Um, in an, in a lot of other places, like you'll see it's pinfall or submission. Um, and like if the cage is closed like the hell in a cell, uh, where there's like a ceiling or something like that, then it's definitely pin or submission. But, um, for the most part, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, who's going to end up hitting the cage a bunch and how is this person going to wind up beating the bad guy? It's can't escape essentially cool okay awesome. okay next one okay what's what about like strap matches dog collar matches and chain matches all right whoa yeah so those those kind of matches are matches where like the the wrestlers uh whether like are joined by something like a dog collar match is like a chain between dog collars that are on each other's necks um a strap match is usually like a leather strap that they're joined by the wrists at. Um, and a chain match is usually, I think, around the wrist too. But the dog collar matches is, is around the neck. Um, 
And a, a lot of times it's just a regular pinfall or submission thing where like the chain and the strap can be used or whatever. Um, but there's like a fair number where like the object is to kind of hog tie your opponent and like drag them around the ring while you slap the four top turnbuckles. Like it's it's a thing where like the first person to touch all four in succession wins. Um, I tend to like the ones where they just beat each other up a bunch with the weapon. Um, it's really satisfying. Uh, <laughs> strap matches, <laughs> like the sound of strap on skin is pretty good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good. like there's there's a lot of really famous, like I think one of the more famous dog collar matches is um, like Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine had one where Roddy Piper got hit on the ear so much with the chain that he lost part of his hearing permanently. Um, oh god yeah so those things tend to get like a little bit brutal and there's like a really good like tag team match from ECW that's a double dog collar match where like two there's a tag team so it's four people but like one is chained to another like it's two different chains essentially Um, are they all chained together no I don't think that they were smart enough to figure out how that worked but it would be amazing that would be uh, seems it would be unsafe yeah no it would be completely unsafe but yeah there's a lot of spots in those kind of matches where you get kind of like hung over the top rope it's it's good. I love that kind of match. Okay. Um, nice. I'm trying to think of, like, increasingly weird match stipulations. Oh, yeah. Uh, how about the fucking no-rope barbed wire exploding ring time bomb death match? Yes. <laughs> um, um. What? Let's, let's say that again. No-rope barbed wire exploding ring time bomb death match. All right. Okay. So... I'm like, I feel like such an asshole put like making you do this, but I also asked if I could do this and you said yes. So. Yeah. Um, step <laughs> step one, no ropes. Step two, the ropes are replaced by barbed wire. Um, step three is the explosion part where hooked up to the barbed wire are little bombs that go off when you touch the barbed wire. Um, and step four is that during the duration of this match, there is a 10-minute timer that's going. Um, and when the timer hits zero, these bombs that are placed around the ring are going to go off, and it's going to be a big old mushroom cloud of, of smoke and, and horror. Um, and <laughs> everyone is going to get blown up except for like the referee or whatever. It's great. I recently wrote an article about um, the first match of that kind. Um, it's really good. Yeah, it's it's... Like, I mean, the match and the article are both. Really oh, well, good. thank you. But like the the matches is really great. And there's a lot of different variations of that, too, where like uh, later they did like a, a steel cage that was like covered in barbed wire that exploded and there was a time bomb. So like no one could get out, <laughs> um, which is which is pretty great. Hell yeah. So the most ridiculous match type that I maybe have ever heard of was the fucking uh, what was it called? What was like the King of the Road uh, match? The King of the Road match, yeah. yeah. So I, we watched like a little bit of Dusted Roads versus Blacktop Bully from yes. 1995 WCW, and it's them in the back of a truck. A lot of bales of hay. A lot of bales, <laughs> bales of hay. <laughs> and the and the truck is moved on a highway yep. driving. And the object of the match is to blow a horn. Yep. You got to toot a horn. <laughs> to toot a horn. <laughs> Awful match. When you told me about this, like, I was on board. 
with the truck and the driving. <laughs> and then you, you told me it was to go to the horn. I fucking lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest way to win anything I've ever. <laughs> it's so bad. Nobody yeah. won that match because everyone got fired. So. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> Oh yeah, Danielle. That's how the that's what happens. Yeah. W- oh okay. WCW had a really strict like no blood policy, but both of them broke that because you know they're wrestling in the back of a semi truck with a bunch of farm implements for some reason. So yeah, logically yeah. someone's got to bleed, right? Um, Somebody will will bleed. Yeah. that's my medical opinion. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, like the the WCW always used to book these like really weird matches. Um, particularly around this pay-per-view called uncensored which was like their their no disqualification whatever like they have another match i think the year after that their big match was like uh hulk hogan and macho man randy savage fight eight different dudes in a three-layer cage match and lay waste (laughs) the entire roster with no sweat like they just destroy all of them um i forget what that one was i think it was called like a tower of doom match or something like that Catchy Great names, ending. but yeah, King of the Road That's match. Oof. Very good. What do you think of the King of the Road match, Danielle? <laughs> I I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, like it's clearly like a a bit, uh, <laughs> and it was kind of funny. But also, my biggest uh, concern is they they kept saying they were driving fifty five miles an hour, and maybe I just watched too much F one. <laughs> they didn't appear to be going fifty five miles an hour. I think uh, they appeared yeah. to be going like. 20 miles an I hour, hope they maybe? weren't going 55. I was assuming that was not true. Yeah. That's a joke, right? They okay, should have at good. least sped up the, the film a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just to do something with it. Uh, <laughs> Their punches are going at hyperspeed like, for some weird reason. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, these guys are really good. They're like Matrix level. They're so great, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like anything can be a wrestling match. Yeah, practically <laughs> anything. That was yeah. the point of showing you this, not yeah. just to I loved torture it. you. There's other. No, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, like, I, I'm all about it. Like this is this is a fun show. I like watching fun shows. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, of course, like I am, I am, but a, a wee babe to this world. So my eyes will be, I, you know, things with glitz and glamour and or lots of bales of hay <laughs> will uh, clearly get my attention as a wee babe who's like, oh wow, can they do that? Oh my god. So. Yes. I mean, it is a it is an enjoyable, like, highlights watch. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I would like, I think it would maybe be, have been challenging to be like, yeah, I'm so excited for my favorite company, World Championship Wrestling. They're putting <laughs> on this crazy show. The natural <laughs> Dustin Rhodes versus Blacktop Bully in the back of a truck. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Gotta and then I watched sick. the whole match. It's I, also. Spent... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, I, how much was a pay-per-view back then? Uh, I think like fifty dollars. I pay fifty no, nineteen. I pay thirty nineteen ninety five dollars to watch this show. Wow! And yeah. then that's the match I see. I think part of it was so fun for me because I am in the full thrall of addi- of addiction with Tiger King right now. Okay. So like anything with that Tiger King kind of energy, like a very country, very like over the top. Why you know wild shit kind of happening is appealing to me right now. Yeah, so that, oh, that so may glad also be part of it. Yeah, you're so glad we're getting you into wrestling. Totally right ready for wrestling. <laughs> it's the right time. It's the right time. It's the right place. I'm know? like really bitter about Tiger King, and I refuse to watch it. Um, oh really? Because okay. my plan 
for the end of quarantine was to come out with like this beautiful, juicy bleach blonde mullet. Like I have bleach <laughs> in my bathroom. Oh, no! Like I'm, I was, I'm waiting for the call that like it's over, everything's gonna be fine. We can all go outside. And then I was going to like mix up my bleach, get it done, like trim my bangs, oh. make sure I look right. And now everyone's going to be leaving quarantine with a fucking bleach blonde mullet because yeah. this fucking Tiger King guy. Joe Exotic. Oh, I see. I definitely I'm see so the pissed. problem there. Yeah. Like no, I've been planning that. this mullet since before coronavirus. It was yeah. supposed to be my like you were just waiting WrestleMania for week mullet. Like oh, when I got my gotcha. first iteration of the mullet, I immediately texted Colette and like made sure I got your approval. Yeah. You were, you know, like contacting everybody I know who's an expert on on mullets, <laughs> choice aesthetics. <laughs> I was gonna say cho- choice aesthetics, not just mullets. Okay, um, you my trusted circle yeah. of text, but people I text, and this has been in the in motion for months. And I see Tiger King, and I saw people being like, "Oh, I'm gonna get the Tiger King haircut." And I'm, I'm just, is this how you felt, Colette, when everybody got into wrestling? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Also, it's how I felt when everyone got into mullets. I was like, man, I've been here since the 90s. What are y'all doing? Oh. It's fine, though. Aww. I'm actually, I'm stoked. Like, if people, I haven't watched Tiger King either, but if people are really going to bring the mullet back, like, good. Like, yeah. the, gays, the gays deserve that haircut back. back. It is back. The yeah. mullet's been back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, quarantine haircuts are all the rage right now. I don't know why. <laughs> because they've like it's all these people who've Can't never felt anxiety before reasoning yeah <laughs> i mean i start rocking it like oh my god i watch like competition videos of myself when my hair starts to get a little long and i'm like oh fuck i basically have a mullet here like, i basically got like a like a little grappling mullet baby going and then like my hair gets really sweaty and like I start. I start to really have that early '80s look. Like it's going hard in in some of my uh, my pictures, and I'm like, oh. Are oh, you man. allowed to pull and hair now, in in mixed martial arts? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're not, but it happens all the time. Yeah, that's uh, why they all like, like all do those time. sensible hair. Well, they all braid yeah, it frankly, down really Everyone's close. got super braids. People have yelled at me for grabbing their hair before, and I'm like, I'm really not trying to. Yeah. But I'm trying to put you in a triangle choke, and that is when, you know, I'm sure y'all know what a triangle choke is. Yes. But yes. For those listening, if you don't know, that's when you choke the shit out of somebody with one of their arms, and uh, you use your thighs uh, to choke the living fuck out of them with one arm and their neck. Um, it's if great. If your hair is down, thighs and hair get tangled very easily. Yeah. Oh, all the time. Like, you have to grab their head to finish. Well, okay. Depends on how good of an angle it is. But typically, you do have to sort of grab a person's head to finish the choke. If you have it locked on perfect, you don't need to. If you flex hard enough and you have a really good angle. But normally, yeah, you got to actually grab the back of their head, physically pull it into your sort of crotch of death, basically. (laughs) And that's how you finish that off. Yeah. It's one of my faves. One of my faves. Got to say. Oh, that's gotta be so cool. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. My first submission ever in a competition, ever, ever, like in live competition where it actually was, you know, not just training, was a triangle. And that was the only match I won that day. I had eight matches that day. I only won one, but it was by triangle. And I don't think I've ever been happier in my life. Like, it was like, I did it! <laughs> I did a triangle! <laughs> it was good. That it would was be fun. pretty satisfying. I'm just thinking wistfully about, like, how good about myself I would feel if I, like, 
Yeah. Was even able to just like put anybody in a triangle at any point and not even win yeah. anything. Oh no, it, it feels amazing. Like it's a, it's such a great feeling as well because you have so much control. It's one of the positions where you just have such beautiful control over the other person uh, in so many ways. Like a rear naked choke is another preferred way for me to to finish uh, and submit somebody. But that's just because I've gotten, like, I've practiced it so much. You have really good control over them if you get a body triangle around them, but that can be tough to get as well. So just really triangles everywhere is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's a great shape. Math magic. You know, it's also funny because my gay grappling group is called triangles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> legit <laughs> we have patches and everything <sighs> yep. yep it's real <sighs> I hate quarantine i want to put you know, know what the main reason i'm really jealous i didn't get into wrestling when i was young is that i yeah. never got to practice moves on anybody so oh, i never yeah. got to like put any i never got to try a figure four on anyone oh which, shit really yeah because i was a little child and i wasn't into wrestling and i got into wrestling as a 25 year old Nobody's yeah. gonna let, and I'm, there's nobody's around to be like, hey, let me try this. Everyone sucks at that when they're a kid, though. Yeah, but it, at least you get to do it. Although there's usually, so here's there's my like. my suggestion. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in the suggestion. Well, my suggestion is to hang around with a bunch of fucking MMA people because they will let you do it. Yeah. Get that <laughs> sharpshooter on. Like, no question. They absolutely will let you do things. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm do just going to go down to, I don't know. Well, I'm in L.A. It's the most serious MMA people here. There's a lot of serious You should go to, I'm sure does Randy Couture have a gym though. still? Or is that in Vegas? That's in Vegas. I think that's probably in Vegas. <laughs> just go to Extreme Couture and be like, yo, can I try the sharpshooter on you? <laughs> yeah, that's in Vegas. <laughs> walk in me walking in with my freshly bleached mullet and i don't know like whatever fucking whatever i wear my maya darren t-shirt and shit sharpshooter on somebody here what's up just call every move it's wrestling name be like hey man uh can i try the hell's gate (laughs) which is a triangle choke oh it's so good undertakers i'm putting it i'm putting it on the line I, I, Danielle, will absolutely let you try some of these moves on me as long as they don't hurt my wrist. I do have a bad wrist, so we do have to be careful of that. But I will let you try some of these things on me, and I will, I will teach you some live, fun throwing things uh, as well. I'm so we can jealous. Do an exchange of information. You know, at the end of the quarantine, this is not anytime soon. I don't want to put anybody at risk. None of that shit. But like, whenever I'm in LA next, and it's actually like safe and good. We can we can do this. Yeah, you should learn how to do a monkey flip. Those are fun. Oh, what's a monkey flip? Oh, there's probably an actual Brazilian jiu-jitsu name for it, but it's like the one where you put like your foot in the person's hip and fall backwards and flip them over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes. Um in the That's sort of like a guard pull where you flip them over. Yeah, 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 that's Apparently what it's, it's called. Apparently it's called yeah, a yeah. tominagi. I got a concussion okay, when yeah, that yeah, happened yeah. to me at BJJ, so I didn't. Go, I didn't go back for more. Oh, I mean that's fair. I did go to that's wrestling fair. school six months later and got a concussion there too. So, oh shit, it happens. Wow, it does. I feel like I'm physically very stupid and could maybe do like maybe try a rear naked choke, and that's probably yeah. it. I don't know. I could teach you that. I finished yeah, a fight with a power bomb once. That was fun. Whoa! Not like a. It Wait. was like a person, like a actual like 
this person wanted to fight me fight yeah what a a street fight like a real an actual fight you finished with a powerbomb you powerbomb somebody in real life yeah i'm a very strong person that's Um, so fucking cool awesome um it was like a gut wrench powerbomb so it was real mean and nasty but like i kicked the dude wait danielle do you know what a powerbomb is i have an idea uh, is, is this like on a downed opponent or a standing opponent? It's on an opponent that's bent over. Like you, you put your, oh, okay, okay. You put your like your arms around their waist and like lift them up to your shoulders, kind of, and then mm-hmm. just slam them down. Um, yeah. There's ways to do it safely, but like I was in uh, what like eighth grade or something like that, so I wasn't particularly concerned with safety. I just like <laughs> pick this kid up and like drop them on his on his neck. <laughs> um, Wow. Yeah, I did that. Uh, someone kicked me in the face at a concert once uh, while they were like crowd sure. surfing, and it was intentional. So I power bombed him out of the crowd surfing too. What concert um, was it? This is awesome. It was a White Stripes concert. I do not understand <laughs> why. <laughs> um, oh my god! Yeah, but that you dude. You shoot power bomb somebody in a White Stripes concert. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can still do it, too, which I'm pretty stoked about. I need to start getting I'm into powerlifting so I can power bomb everyone. I'm ecstatic about this, Colette. <laughs> this is incredible, Colette. I am ecstatic about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that, too. I'll remain proud about I, it forever. If I were you, I would never shut up about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. This is probably, like, the 17th time I've mentioned it publicly this year. So. <laughs> God, that's so good. I wish this was a video podcast so you could all see my face right now. I am awake. I am alert. I am gesticulating <laughs> like Sami Zayn. Like, this has healed a piece of me that needed to be healed. Oh. That wasn't Feeling fun. This on a spiritual level. Yeah. Yes. Fuck. You know, I really liked the White Stripes. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. God, <laughs> to have been there, to have been there and seen this, like truly incredible. Did everybody clap? I don't think for any you, of us I mean. clapped. Oh, for me? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> I think when most people see that kind of shit in real life, they're horrified by it. People are scared. People yeah. do get scared. I mean, it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I felt no remorse I though. <laughs> Good. Like, I mean, somebody kicked you in the face. Oh yeah, my face purpose. was like swollen up for like two weeks after that. Like he got me like yeah, that, straight that in the orbital sucks. bone. Oh yeah. my god! I just took sucks. that like fictional character personality test, and it told me I'm a pussy. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I got like wow. some dude from uh, the Big Bang Theory number one, uh, number two, and three. And four, I think, were all madman characters who saw, who are confirmed, like, absolute little bitches. Then I got Milhouse wow. Van Hooten. <laughs> wow. My king, who I love. I gotta who take this gets test. hot for anyways, so it's fine. I'll get really hot in the future. Yeah. Just like Milhouse. Take go. that personality test. But yeah, I'm, I'm never going to powerbomb anybody at a concert. <laughs> and have never done that. Once I hit somebody in the face with my elbow at a placebo concert, and I apologize until I almost started crying. Oh. Oh, no. I was also in eighth grade. All right. Radiohead, White Stripes, placebo. This has been 
both it just instructive, informative, and also it has brought me back to like 2004 in a very good way as well. Like when I was in college and listening to all of these things as well, very much so, which is very good. Ugh. I've never I've never power bombed anybody, but I have had to wrestle like drunk patients as an EMT. I've oh. had to like wrestle them down multiple times. Um, and like I did. This is a, a very brief story. I did help to break up a fight two dudes were having in a bar once. And it was like when I had just started dating right after um, like I, I broke up with an ex I was with for several years and like this is like the first time I went out on a date after that, like with somebody new. And they were so excited about the fact that I I helped pull one guy off the other that they were like, can can I make out with you? And we just started like making out until the cops came. And I was just like, is this dating in 2018? Is this what dating feels like? This is interesting. I guess I like dating again. Dating sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, it was never that cool again. But that one moment was all right, I guess. <laughs> oh, I think we should probably wrap up because, Danielle, yeah. we have to talk about <laughs> Animal Crossing in like 15 minutes. Yeah, we got to talk about the sweet, nice, uh, evil bunnies. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> and such. Oh, Colette, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for thank having you. me. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Colette Arend. Uh, that's C-O-L-E-T-T-E-A-R-R-A-N-D. Is it Arend and not Arond, which mm. is how I've been pronouncing it this entire time in my own It's head? fine. You pronounced it wrong once. It's Aaron. Okay. I'm sorry. It's Irish. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Don't be sorry for that. <laughs> Don't ever be sorry for being Irish. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good thing can't be I helped think everybody is a quarter irish in the world everybody in the world <laughs> that's true they do get around <sighs> danielle do you want to do the outro sorry i'm sure i would love to i would love to uh uh but lb where can we find you online we'll oh do i'm hung tears we'll on twitter the only website i use other than fanbite.com and fanbite.com slash wrestling and fanfight.com which redirects to fanbite.com slash wrestling it's a, it's a good redirect and if anybody uh, ever wants to follow me for any reason i'm at danielle ri and i'm gonna read this beautiful outro text that i wrote once that's all for this week we hope you enjoyed your combat sports entertainment journey with us please do be sure to rate and review our podcast because it means the absolute world to us uh and please do listen to all our stuff at fan fanbite.com slash podcast follow us on twitter at fanbite media and at fanfight that's f-a-n-f-y-t instagram at fanbite tiktok at fanbite and of course on fanbite.com you can also watch late lunch and all our good ass streams we've been streaming a lot because all of us are you know quarantined but it means we're streaming uh that's on twitch.tv slash fanbite and of course uh lb already talked about fanbite.com slash wrestling but i'll say it again because it's great Thank you so much. Uh, should we st- should we end on a on a sound effect as we usually do? Uh, I still have the uh, the Onita article up. So can we just like explode? Yes. Like a exploding barbed wire ring. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> Wait, uh, Colette. We uh, we'll, we'll do a countdown and we all make a sound effect, and that's how we end yes. the show every time. Okay. <laughs> Ready? One, two. Three. <laughs>